If you or a loved one has had thoughts of self-harm, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline by dialing 988 or visiting suicidepreventionlifeline.org. I'm telling you, Rob, you know what? Just quit your bitching. Once we get the gold that's inside, it'll be worth it all. This, this is so, this is so tight. Who, like, I don't know why you thought it was a good idea for middle-aged men in Boy Scout uniforms. I mean, come on. It it works at the club and you know what? It'll work here for just, it'll get inside the house. That's all we got to do. Just stay with me. You know what? I'll do all the talking. You just stand there and look good. We'll be fine. Who's going to who's gonna believe us? I mean, th- these shorts are so short, my balls are hanging out. Well, you know what? Hold the cookies low enough so it covers your crotch. No one's going to be looking there anyway. Just I'll, I'll stand in front and I'll talk, okay? Just, okay? just stick with me on this, okay? What the fuck? That guy's in a head-to-toe gimp suit. Hello, Daddy. In every neighborhood, there is one house that adults whisper about and children cross the street to avoid. Now, Wes Craven, creator of A Nightmare on Elm Street, takes you inside. Something's in here. We gotta get out of here, Leroy. All sorts of rumors about what goes on in that house. The police never took it serious. She's been feeding that thing between the walls again. Very, very tense about this. What goes on in this house is a sin. But what goes on under the stairs is a nightmare. (laughs) Wes Craven's The People Under the Stairs. All right, all you Midnight Mass Creature Casters, I hope that you are ready to join us as we meet the people under the stairs. I know I am dressed head to toe in my leather gear, and I'm hoping that my ever awesome co-host, Rob, is ready to go. I am. Now, the leather gear does look pretty good on you. However, it kind of throws it off with that bright red wig. Well, you know what? (laughs) I like to combine the two, so I feel like I'm representing the brother and the sister at the same time. Okay, I gotcha. (laughs) 
And I'm worried though that by the time we're done, like the zipper around my lips is going to be chafing, chafing my mouth. But I'll do the best I can. I, it looks like there's going to be some blood drawn by the time we well, finish. Well, it it is a Craven film, so there, there will be blood. There will be blood. <laughs> now, folks, this is neither Rob nor I's pick. This was like a listener wanted us to cover this one. Excuse me. Sorry. I took a sip of soda. Um, no, you're fine. <laughs> and so this is you. You said this was your aunt uh, Zelda's favorite film. <laughs> Zelda Rubenstein. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, this so, was this was I don't know if it was a pick uh, per se, but I was talking to my co-host Jim on the old guy metal cast and he was talking about this movie. He was like, oh, have you guys done this yet? I'm like, no, we haven't done that one. He's like, you should you should look into covering people under the stairs. And so I was like, fuck it. And that's where we are. That's yeah. what brought us here today. <laughs> that's why, because I say fuck it. Uh, so it's The People Under the Stairs. It's from 1991. Uh, it's rated R. It has a runtime of one hour and 42 minutes. And uh, as mentioned before, it's from director, and he actually wrote it as well, Wes Craven. Now, real quick, I'll try to prattle these off, but these are other Wes Craven films that I would recommend watching. Um, Last House on the Left, he did The Hills Have Eyes. Um, Summer of Fear with Linda Blair was a TV one. Uh, Deadly Blessing with Sharon Stone. Uh, he did Swamp Thing with the ever-awesome Adrian Barbeau and her breasts that I did not care about. Um, he brought us a Nightmare on Elm Street, The Serpent and the Rainbow, which you know never, ever makes me want to sit on a chair nude again, ever. Uh, he did Scream and, of course, Red Eye from 2006. Those are all films that I recommend checking out from our director. Mm. Wes Craven, yeah. Good old Wes. Uh, God, God rest his soul. Um, now, our main character is a young 13-year-old African-American, and I'm saying that because it plays a role in the film. It's important that I mention he's African-American. Um, and his name is Fool. Uh, birth given is Poindexter. And uh, the actor's name is Brandon Quinton Adams. Um, the only film of note that I've seen of him is Ghost in the Machine from 1993. Which um, was a equally awesome film, by the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought it was fun. Now, there are two actresses in this movie that I absolutely like adore. His sister is Ruby, and that's played by Kelly Jo Minter. She was in The Lost Boys from 87. She was in Nightmare on Elm Street, The Dream Child from 89. And she was in a movie called Popcorn, which I brought up before from 91. That's one of the actresses. I Oh, The Dream Child. Okay, that's a, I knew I had seen her somewhere before. I don't remember her in Lost Boys. Uh, she's Maria in Lost Boys and she's Yvonne in The Dream Child. Because okay. I knew you were going to ask me, so I came prepared. My yes, friend. I always ask you because <laughs> you're you're my go-to guy for this kind of thing. <laughs> I so I always well I try I try to keep you happy on this. Sometimes I fail, but I do my best. Um now there is a um friend of the family named Leroy, and that's Ving Rames. Um, Mr. Rames has several films that I would recommend. One is Patty Hearst from 88. He did Jacob's Ladder from 90. He was in Pulp Fiction. He did Striptease with Demi Moore, uh, Dawn of the Dead, the remake from 2004. And he did the uh, two Piranha films, Piranha 3D and Piranha 3 Double D from 2010. Oh, when he gets metal legs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love Mr. Rames. Um, oh, wait. Now, he was also oh. in Independence Day, wasn't he? Yeah, I brought up films that I thought people should see. Oh, okay. So, hey, I love Independence Day. <laughs> oh, do you now? Okay, do you now? Well, that there you go. Then that's Rob's recommendation. Yeah. Um, Welcome to not, Earth. 
Yeah, not endorsed by Mark. Oh, not endorsed. Not a sponsor. No, that's a, that's a raw recommend. Um, <laughs> no, no, I'm teasing. Um, now, in the film, uh, there are two people that own the house where the people live under the stairs. Um, the dad, or the dad, or the male, or the brother—it's all very convoluted. Is played by Everett McGill, uh, who I actually love him. He was in the film Union City with Debbie Harry from '80. He was in Quest for Fire with Ray Don Chong from '81. We've already covered Silver Bullet in 85. Now, Rob. I know what you're going to say. It's a, it's a two-word uh, TV show. Yes. <laughs> we need this in our life. He was a werewolf. I, we, told, we need to see this thing. I, I don't know how we've gotten this far in our lives without seeing it, but we need to see werewolf, apparently. Well, uh, I, that- I was also going to mention, like, he's uh, from Twin Peaks. And, oh, is that what you were going to say? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, because I'm thinking werewolf is really one word, but I don't want to call you out. Okay, so you were talking about Twin Peaks. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's in Twin Peaks. He's uh, Big Ed Hurley. And then actually the other actress that's his sister, maybe partner. Yeah, but we don't find out that they're brother and sister until later on, though. Yeah, it's all pretty weird. It's very convoluted. But that actress is uh, Wendy Robbie, Roby, R-O-B-I-E. She's also his wife in Twin Peaks. She's Nadine. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, did you watch Twin Peaks? No, I have never seen an episode of Twin Peaks. Okay, so what's awesome in Twin Peaks is she wears an eye patch. No shit. So it's- Yes, uh... and he wore one in Silver Bullet. <laughs> it's so cool. Like, there's so much about these two that I love. And I think um, in the Werewolf TV series, one of the the wolf wears an eye patch, if I'm not mistaken. Like, if okay. I remember I correctly- yeah, he's only in one episode. So I, I think that's kind of cool that he was a werewolf in Silver Bullet. And then he went on to do, oh, spoiler. And then he went on to do a TV show, Werewolf. <laughs> Which I should admit, mention that we will spoil anything and everything we talk about on this program. Yeah, we're, we're going to spoil movies that we're not even talking about. Not even talking about, exactly. Um, and then the other actress that I absolutely adore uh, plays Alice. Uh, the daughter, I'm using air quotes, daughter of the couple, and that's A.J. Langer. Uh, she was Ray Ann on My So-Called Life, which ran from 95 or from 94 to 95, uh, 19 episodes. And then she was in Escape from L.A. from John Carpenter in 96. She was a president's daughter. Oh, wow. L- last person I'm going to talk about, unless there's someone else you want to mention, is Roach. Uh, okay, that's Sean yeah. Whalen. I was hoping uh, you would bring up Roach. Oh, I will bring up Roach. Um, he's done like a number of things I was going to mention really fast. He did Batman Returns. He was Tammy and the T-Rex in Tammy and the T-Rex with Denise Richards. Twister. He did Men in Black. He was in Idle Hands. Uh, he did the Ram Zombie Halloween 2 from twenty or 2009. He was in Hatchet 3 from 2013. Um, he was also in the movie The Axe Murders of Velisca from 2016 because I love my true crime stuff. And he also did Rob Zombie's Three from Hell in 2019. Okay. So there you go. And a uh, quick recasting couch with uh, Roach here. I think- Oh, wait. <laughs> I kind of want to guess. Can I? Okay, go for it. Go for it. Is it is it the kid from 976 Evil? Yes. Oh, we're so in tune. Okay, but, yeah. But also. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. But also, it could. It could be. Why am I forgetting his name now? Gosh darn it. I'm drawing a blank. Um, from Reservoir Dogs. Ah, oh, shit. So real quick, the kid we're talking about from 976 Evil is Stephen Jeffries, who went on to do gay porn. Okay. 
And then uh, Reservoir Dogs. Hold uh, on, I'm looking it up right now. Because, oh, okay, you're looking that one up. Okay, yeah, I'll let I, you do that. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot the guy's name. How how terrible is that of me? No, that's horrible. He's going to slap you as soon as you say it. Yeah, he is. Um, Not Harvey Keitel. No, no. <laughs> <That> would, <laughs> he would just be running around naked inside the wall with his, <laughs> with his little Harvey flopping around. Um, uh, not that he's not well hung. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it's his members. I'm not implying Harvey is not packing meat. Um, is he? Is he hung like Jesus? <laughs> I'm not even going there. <laughs> oh man, um, I you know I gosh man, I'm I'm drawing a blank here. I know who it is. He was in like you've never seen the Adam Sandler movies. Um, well, that's not true. I've seen Jack and Jill. I've seen, um, what's it? I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Um, I've seen little Nikki. Uh, I've seen, oh, I love Huey's, Hubie's Halloween. I love that one. Okay. Uh, I'm talking singer, about I've like, seen. oh, Steve Buscemi. I can't. Oh, believe, oh yes. he's so Steve Buscemi. Yes, he yes. is very Steve yes. Buscemi. Yes. yes, Steve Buscemi. I, yes. And listeners, I'm so sorry it took me that long, but I had Steve the name Buscemi. on the tip of my tongue and just I couldn't spit it out. Yeah, Steve Buscemi will always be from Ghost World. I love that movie with Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, yeah I love that one. But like, can, can you picture Steve Buscemi or the guy from 976 Evil playing Roach? Or... The two of them living in your walls, Steve Buscemi and Stephen Jeffries living in your walls. <laughs> and they're both Steve. <laughs> oh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then just for added fun, you also get Harvey Keitel naked in there as well. Yeah, for some reason, just because we're throwing things in, it's like Harvey Keitel. <laughs> oh, and okay, Adam so. Sandler. Uh, well, drunk, then I'm selling my home. Drunk Adam Sandler. Yeah, then penguin, my home is being sold. You shouldn't be here. It's too hot for a penguin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So now those would be our people under the stairs, but we're going to get into the movie. Yes. So our film opens with Ruby giving Poole a tarot card reading. And basically the cards aren't showing um, a good prediction for his his uh, future. Uh, she pulls up judgment, she pulls up death, and then she pulls up the devil card, um, which is all very unfortunate because it's basically uh, a prediction for Fool's birthday, which is coming up, his 13th birthday. Um, and she says that Fool is not really stu stupid. It just means that he's ignorant of, to the ways of the world. Uh, still, he's he's too young. He's, he's you know, He'll grow into his smartness. Um, then we find out that basically living in a tenement uh, situation and uh, the landlord has decided to evict them. Um, mom's super sick. She's um, cannot work. There's no way she could. Um, and then we also come to meet Leroy and Leroy has come up with a plan that will help them to pay the uh, rent and then actually uh, earn them some extra pay to cover mom's uh, medical conditions. So they're actually the last family residing in the basically slum building that is uh, owned by uh, the pair of landlords. Uh, and what they have uh, come up with, devised, is that the landlords are sitting on a ton of wealth. They have all these gold coins. And Leroy has figured this out because um, 
the night prior, he and a friend, Spencer, had broken into a liquor store also owned by the landlords, and they found some paper, paperwork which links uh, the landlords into owning that as well as a lot of other property. So they're living in wealth while other people are like, you know, living in squalor. Yeah. Paid for their wealth. And they really did um, a good job in shooting the film, making it because uh, like when you see Fool going going back to his house or leaving his house, like the apartment complex is basically a crack house. I mean, there's people. Oh, it's horrible. There's yeah. like dogs fighting over food in the hallways. <laughs> yeah. There's people horrible. just doing drugs on the stairwell. And it's just. Uh, it's yeah, like, it's, it's horrible. It's horrible. So back at the house. Uh, we see that um, there, the for all intents and purposes, we're led to believe it's a husband and wife, the landlords, um, and they're chastising their daughter Alice for um, not having proper etiquette manners, as far as like you know she's licked the dish and then they can't find her fork. Um, yeah, and mom's getting escalating. Uh, her her uh, anger is escalating. And then suddenly Alice is able to retrieve the fork, but it's given to her by a hand that pops out of the wall. So there's something really amiss inside this home. Yeah. Creepy as hell. And, and they, apparently there's a punishment for losing silverware. Oh, yeah. That, they, they are very uh, hard-nosed people. They have punishments for everything, it appears. Yeah. Um, severe punishments. Uh, and then also, as dad enters the room, he's already making kind of derogatory statements about the people who robbed the uh, store. So we're already led to believe that these people are pretty horrible uh, individuals. Yeah. He, he dropped the end bomb, didn't he? Yeah. He's a pretty awful person. Yeah. Um, so outside of the home, the plan is that fool will be dressed like a, um, what do they call him? A bear trooper. Instead of boy scout, they call them bear troopers in the film. Cause they can't use boy scouts. Oh, okay. um, bear trooper. And he's in the guise of selling cookies, hopeful that he'll be able to get into the house and kind of give Spencer and Leroy, who are waiting in the van, like some information about what they need to actually break into the home. The um, female of the two uh, pair, the mom, we'll say, uh, is not having any of this. Uh, Knowing what we know about them, there's probably no way in heck she's going to let anyone uh, that is African-American into her home. Yeah. Let alone a child. Yeah, that's just not happening. And the house is like Fort Knox. There's like padlocks everywhere. There's like a camera system. Uh, they are very uh, paranoid, untrusting people, uh, for sure, to say the least. And the the odd thing, though, is that the windows are padlocked from the outside and not the inside. Yes, exactly. So it's like <laughs> they're trying to keep something in <laughs> or yes, many yes, somethings. exactly, exactly. Um, so as fool heads around back, um, uh, that's when the mom actually pops out. And then he also kind of catches a glimpse of something upstairs, which was Alice kind of looking down at him. Um, he heads back to the van, fills everybody in. And this is where Spencer decides that he's going to try it his way. He dresses as a, like a, 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 a gas meter reader. And yeah, he's something a, like that. Yeah. Yeah. He is a I think he gains her trust a little bit more because he's Caucasian. He's not African-American. 
Um, so he tells her that he needs inside the house because there's a meter on the inside. Mom's not buying this or the woman's not the woman of the house isn't buying this uh, lady of the house uh, because she's like the meters on the outside. And she notices that he's got this skull ring on and that just doesn't sit right with her. So that automatically arises her suspicions. Um, so she allows him in any way. And uh, back in the van, it's taking Spencer quite a while to come out. and this causes Leroy to maybe suspect that Spencer's going to take all the money for himself. So that's when they spy a black Cadillac coming up. It's a 58, according to Walter, um, coming up. And that's when the male of the two couples, dad, uh, comes into the picture. Okay. So the two fool and Leroy tried to get back in and then Leroy just busts in with a crowbar crowbar once in it's almost like a sun porch they can't quite get into the kitchen because like there's like a big metal door yeah yeah it's like it really is like Fort Knox in here folks it looks like um, a meat locker door it does totally it reminds me it totally reminds me of like the door that like Leatherface slams shut <laughs> in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah it's it's very it, it adds to the creepiness of the vibe so. oh totally 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 um so they also while they're in there fool spies this like little it's almost like a little like voodoo looking doll on the floor which eventually gets pulled back inside but anyway that's will come into play later but there's dolls all throughout this picture uh anyway uh Leroy pries the metal doors open which it almost opens like a like a contraption. It doesn't just like swing open. Like there's all these mechanisms, like it play and everything. It sounds like clock gears. Yeah. Didn't, um, the, didn't like the, uh, the shelf move to the side. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's very much like a mousetrap. Um, so in doing so, this also rouses the Rottweiler Prince to attack the two entering the house uninvited. <clears throat> so, Fool kind of fakes out the dog, which allows the two gentlemen to gain access to the other side of the kitchen. Now they're inside the house. Didn't you think that was great when he was like, your mama sleeps with cats? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Um, now inside, again, everything is locked. Like the cabinets are locked. The windows are totally sealed. So like there's a windowsill full of dead flies, like nothing can get in or out. And Leroy comments that it smells awful in there. Yeah. <clears throat> Fool's already like, let's get the heck out of Dodge. But Leroy's like, no, we got to check things out. They hear overhead noises. So Leroy automatically suspects that it's Spencer. So they proceed onward into the house. Now, this is when, so like Fool's wanting to like, you know, head out, but Leroy's not listening to reason. And he makes that comment. He's like, that's fine, girlfriend. I didn't automatically. Oh yeah. Automatically like making, you know, fool feel like less than a man by wanting to follow his instincts that were right to begin with. Yeah. It's almost like I seen this movie, the black guy dies first. Let, let me mm, yeah. So there's all these ominous noises emanating throughout the house and everything. And they're coming up from the basement. And this is where on the basement steps, fool sees like the little flip chart thing that, Spencer had as well as Spencer's lighter. Oh yeah. That's right. Yeah. So 
Fool is downstairs and uh, he starts hearing all these eerie whispers and everything. And um, and the flashlight. Right? The- well, yeah, at first he's not going to go down, but like his like goading, like from Leroy's goading, like feeds him to like proceed further, even though he knows he shouldn't. Oh, like, yeah. Because so he's, he's not listening. Yeah. He started. Yeah. Uh, he was like the hell with this. And he was like, no, wait, let me go back down. Yeah, and then there's that like little cording that he kind of like triggers that causes the uh, door to shut on him. Uh, yeah, and the stairs turn into a slide. Yeah, and then downstairs he hears like a whispering that sounds like someone calling him, which he assumes is Spencer, but it's not clearly. So he's got the lighter, he's looking around, and he trips over what is actually Spencer's corpse. <laughs> and, uh, he actually got scared white, whiter than. Yes. And then there's also like a grate with the TV in front of it. Like, so they're watching TV through a grate yeah. in the wall. It's all very creepy. Well, in Spencer's cold dead hand is a gold coin. So that means there really is gold somewhere in this house. While Fool is looking at this, though, Spencer's body is being pulled like underneath, like there's a gap in the in the wall between the floor and the wall and his corpse is like being drug like into the other room yeah it's um almost like a a little flap like a feeding flap where you see in in like those kind of uh movie prisons where they you know they put the tray of food underneath right yeah it's pretty creepy and his hands already been mauled like there's little like bite marks and stuff on his hand yeah well, before Fool can like really process all this, he's jumped by like this boy that's got like a rifle, you know, strapped to his back and he's helped to escape. Um, and he runs up the collapsing steps. OK, so all of a sudden there's more people downstairs and which freaks Fool out even more. OK, the basement door is now opened by who we know to be Alice from previous. She's the one who was like had the issue with the fork. Yeah. OK. So once upstairs, he immediately locks the door behind him and he's trying to find Alice, but he can't quite find her at first. And then the couple have returned. Yep. Mommy and daddy are back. Yes. Uh, They're suspicious, though, when they notice that the vehicle is parked in their driveway. So Fool's searching for Leroy and he finds him laying like with his head kind of like into the grate of the wall. Yeah, which would make you think like he got his face eaten off. <laughs> yeah, because he's just laying so still. He's just like prone on the ground, not responding to fool's calls or anything. So <clears throat> the two run downstairs, um, but they realize that the kitchen's off bounds because the family's coming in. The front door is electrified and the windows are unbreakable. So fool, I mean, Leroy decides to use fool as bait for Prince. But the dog actually attacks Leroy instead. Right. I was wondering, like, does he have some kind of uh, psychic connection with this dog? And it's not yeah, going it's to attack It's not him. working out. So <laughs> fool smart enough to use the electrified doorknob to. So he drags Leroy over, holds onto the doorknob, which causes electricity to go through the two adult or the two uh, humans and then zap the dog. So mm-hmm. like Prince is laying there on the ground. And th- they this realized was the first oh, time. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. Mean no, you go. You go, Rob. Now, uh, upon seeing that, this was like my first inkling that this was like um, it reminded me of a Home Alone kind of sequence. Yes. You know, with the yeah, weird there's a lot traps of, yeah. and all that yeah. stuff. 
it's like it is it's very much a home invasion but kind of like flip you're more rooting for the people invading the home as opposed to the people who own the home right right yeah yeah, yeah. from macaulay culkin this time right so um you know this causes them to realize the the owners to realize there's something going on in the house so dad's taken off with a gun while mom comforts the the you know (laughs) prone dog on the floor so leroy decides to hide in the closet there's like a lockdown that's been activated by by the the control panel on the wall. So there's also all this moaning going on inside the wall. And then Roach, which is the boy that like we saw earlier in the basement with the rifle, he kind of pops out, which scares Leroy into leaving his hiding place. (laughs) And then dad actually knows where Leroy is and he shoots and kills him. Yeah. And that was the funniest part because I think Roach was actually trying to help them and say, you know, not trying to like kill him, but trying no, to No, not at all. Yeah, yeah trying to see save what him. we find out later is basically Roach, as well as the other boys in the house, have all been maimed so they can't talk. So yeah. Roach really has no way to communicate. He's just trying, like even earlier, he was not really attacking Fool in the basement. He was trying to get him away from the boys downstairs because they're cannibals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've been fed human flesh for way too long. Yeah, they are cannibals, and he didn't want fool to get eaten. Um, so the couple are thinking, hey, we've killed the intruder in the house, not aware that there's a second person with him. Right, until they hear him cr- crawling around, because uh, isn't this when Alice is pulling the little voodoo doll on a string like through the through the hallways and stuff? Well, okay, but they I, they really don't re- it'll come later, but they really don't realize that there's that fools in the house until they come to the van. Oh, okay. Oh, and yeah. they find yeah, they find the boy scout uniform. Yeah, the bear trooper. <laughs> yeah, bear trooper. <laughs> Which in my mind bear trooper means something completely different. I'm just saying <laughs> that, folks. Um, yeah. Uh, and my uniform will look very different. Um, <laughs> it'll have a beard. Right, right. So anyway, yeah, you're correct. He sees a lit candle and a doll and everything, and the doll disappears inside the wall. Great. And then Fool follows it. So once inside the wall, this is where Fool finds that like bloody like rib cage. Yeah, and then that, Alice leads him what? That that was a human rib cage, right? Yeah, like a bloody human rib cage. Exactly. Yeah. And then so Alice leads him away, uh, just as dad opens fire. Uh, because he believes it's Roach that he's shooting at. He has no clue that it's Fool. So Fool starts trying all the doors and he ends up inside the bathroom and he comes face to face with Alice inside there and they exchange introductions and everything. And this is where he finds out that she's never been allowed to leave the house. He, You know, he, the building, she really doesn't know much. She's been in there so long, she doesn't know much about the outside world. Right. Um, but he vows that he's going to get out of here and he asks about the people in the cellar. And this is where, again, like I said, you know, she explains that there are people who have uh, had parts here that they found offensive removed. Uh, she's allowed out because she adheres to the uh, no here. Uh, what is it? Speak no evil, hear no evil, see no evil rule. And she's mm-hmm. been good at that. Um, and then Roach is like bellowing, kind of interrupts all this and everything. And out in the hall, we see dad in his like head to toe gimp gear. And he's running around with a gun and he's on the hunt for Roach. <laughs> Uh, so Alice is trying to convince Fool to get into the wall, 
Um, and he's not really wanting to. And she kind of like tells him that sometimes in is out. Um, <clears throat> and sometimes out is in, I guess. I don't know. Um, so he eventually agrees to return to the wall, but he decides instead to hide behind the shower curtain and gets into the tub. It just pulls the curtain in front of him. <clears throat> so I believe that Roach is kind of knows what's going on. So his laughing is he's using that to draw dad away from fool down the stairs away from him. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking too. All right. So now with all this gunfire and everything, uh, two officers have have appeared on, on uh, the premises and they have run a, uh, the plate of the van. And that's when they realized that the band was involved in a robbery the night before the robbery of the grocery of the liquor store. That's owned by these two crazy people. Yeah. And that's where they realized that, Oh, this is connected. Exactly. Well, yes, exactly. So I love how mom steps over Leroy's dead body and everything. And she intercoms dad to tell him, you know, about the police being there and everything. <laughs> so upstairs as fool's getting out he kind of falls and makes a noise which kind of rouses the rottweiler's attention that he's up there uh he's banging on the window he can't be heard outside uh they have a chat with the officers and everything um and this is where they they make a mention that they're like prisoners in their own home so it shows you the disconnect that these people have from like humanity Mm -hmm. uh the officers leave and this is when i was saying earlier that the mom spies that uniform and she realizes that fool is somewhere inside the house um and then like dad's big issue is that fact that fool is with angel like he's really he's really fixated on the fact that a boy and i'm thinking especially an african-american boy is with his white daughter yeah you know this really bothers him I didn't think for, of that before, but yeah, it does. Oh, yeah. He's for more not, than one reason. Not too, just I a boy, but a boy of color. <laughs> yes. And I also, uh, it comes into play later that I think that he's not just worried about her virtue. I mm. think he has an interest in her as well, not just as a protector. Yes. Because, oh, there's a yeah. part that we, you know, when... Yeah, we'll talk about that when we get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So upstairs, you know, by now Prince has figured out that Fool's up there and he's got gotten into the wall. And so uh, Fool has like caught the dog's head and is choking the dog, which causes him to cough up Spencer's uh, skull ring. Yeah. (laughs) So we know that at some point the dog has, you know, gotten to uh, Spencer's body as well. Now, now, okay, so Spencer's hand was mangled up when he was laying in the basement. So do you yes. think the dog had yeah. gotten to him at that time and was like just eating his hand? Yeah, or was it the other ones? We don't know. Yeah, because that, that's something that I, I thought it was the people in the basement at first. But then like when the dog spit the ring out, I was like, oh, maybe the dog was eating his hand. It leaves you pause for <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> Like Thank you. That. I'm here all week. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, so upstairs in the um, bathroom, you know, fools retreated back there. Um, 
there's a hole in the the door. You know, dad pops his head through and, and uh, the fool hits him on the head with the toilet tank lid. Yeah. And, and that's then, an, another home alone type thing. Yeah. Yes. And then the, the dog attacks through the door. And then all of a sudden Roach pops up and pulls a uh, fool back into the wall to safety. Yep. So Roach is clearly on this kid's side. He's not out to get him at all. Yep. Steve Buscemi, friend of the kids. Yeah. Yeah. And then once inside the wall, dad kind of pops up and Roach kind of like knocks him out with a slingshot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Didn't he look like one of the lost boys in Peter Pan? Like with that. Oh, totally. Yes. The hair is the crazed hair and yeah. everything. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so they take off only to be pursued by Prince uh, and with uh, dad uh, goading the dog on to kill them. Now, was Prince wearing uh, a purple outfit? Well, I did notice he had that little beauty mark. Oh, okay. Yeah, and a perm. Um, so there's this like, okay, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't really care about things like this, but every time we've seen this, Walt always has to point out how that house is not big enough to contain like the amount of space between the walls for these things to to transpire. Thank you. But, Thank you, Walt. Because yeah. like, where I were mean, you last week when I was having my issues? <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, when, when I looked at the house from the outside and, and then like, we've got like little passageways and hidey holes and everything. And I'm just thinking like that, that's not possible unless it's, these aren't even passageways, Rob. These are like, <laughs> yeah. in some countries, these would be called like rooms. I mean, oh, yeah, true, true. They're huge. They're huge. Yeah. Unless the like, house is a TARDIS, you know, bigger on the right. inside. There's like mazes and there's like right, lights strung up everywhere. I mean, yeah, it, it almost looks like the set of like you would go to for like a haunted house. Right. Does, doesn't it yeah. look like one of those gigantic mansion type places where it's got like if you go through a door, you're all of a sudden like going down weird passageways and in between walls and stuff. And well, yeah. And even more elaborate than that, Roach has rigged up a trap that sends Prince like sliding down into the kitchen with the couple. Yes. Yeah. Well, and unfortunately, Prince has also grabbed a doll in the interim and it's in his mouth. Mm -hmm. And that's how that's how they know. Yeah. Which clues mom in that, that the boys have gotten to Alice. Yeah. Um, so now they are in Alice's bedroom. Um, and this is where it's been pointed out that, you know, Roach has no tongue, so he can't call for help. And um, this is where Fool says that fa your father's one sick mother. <laughs> Uh, and, and then Alice tells, you know, <laughs> yeah, Alice tells uh fool that, you know, Roach and he or Roach and she are friends and everything. And then, you know, Roach and fool kind of exchange niceties. But on the bed, there's a hat box with a doll that like resembles Leroy. And this is where Alice conveys that she has been making dolls for anyone that comes into the house the, it helps hold their souls. Anyone that's been murdered inside the house. So anyone yeah. like, you know, you know, anyone who, who meets their misfortune as a doll that she's made. So this clues us in to the fact that this has been going on for quite some time. Yeah. And it makes you wonder, like, if you went back and really looked at these dolls, would they resemble anyone else that we had already seen like before? Yeah. Do you know what I mean, I don't like know that one they... looked like Dolly Parton. I swear to God. <laughs> Well, she had one that looked like fool. She had uh Yeah, right, right. I keep and then she had a Spencer to, one. Yeah, I keep wanting to call uh Ving Rames Leroy Jenkins. 
Oh. <laughs> Um, but yeah, she had hit with the with the African hat and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then she said, um, like it was the like salesmen, robbers, anybody who who had the misfortune of like coming into the house or had seen too much. Yep, exactly. Um, which did you notice that there were two bald voodoo dolls, Rob? We've seen too much. Oh no, it's only a matter of time. A matter of time. Lock your door. Um. But then all of a sudden, dad interrupts all of this with a gun by bursting in. He shoots Roach in the leg as he tries to escape. And then mom is in there ranting about spring cleaning. Mm-hmm. And she's always she's saying burn in hell quite a bit, too. Oh, a lot. Oh, yes. She's got that. Um, it's never really brought up, but she feels very much like a religious zealot to me. Yeah, she does. But yeah, religion really isn't brought up, but she really feels that way to me. Yeah, because um, uh, would they hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil, and then burn yeah. in hell, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they end up uh, dumping Leroy and Fool into the basement, and Alice has got to clean up Leroy's blood. So all of a sudden, Mom's ranting about being upset about the kids, and they'll be the death of her and everything, which, talk about foreshadowing. Um, so downstairs... We get that really gross scene of like dad carving up Leroy. And this is where we find out that dad's also a cannibal because he takes a big old bite out of him. And then he feeds the rest to the boys that are kept behind like that. Really? Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. So he feeds the rest of the boys kept behind like that wall that really wouldn't hold like a two-year-old back. No, those, especially seeing the ending of the movie, that wall would not hold crap. Mm-mm. So, folks, it's like slats of wood that don't like you could force like pretty much your whole body between them. Yeah. You- uh, I don't really know how it's separate. I mean, I don't know how it's worked this long to keep them in the basement. I don't understand. Unless fear, um, because knowing that they can't uh, even if they do get out of the basement, they'll be shot or they wouldn't be able to make it out into the outside world. Maybe that's why. But Rob, okay, so he goes down there to feed them. Even mm-hmm. with a the gun, there are a lot of boy men. They're men by now, Rob. We're not talking like five-year-olds. <laughs> right. They're like men. You know, tongues or no tongues, there's more of them than him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could easily overtake that man. <laughs> yes, Especially but they- if you got the um, uh, the element of surprise on your side. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, do they know how to get out of the house, though? Because there's, like, mechanisms that lock the doors and little buttons and switches and stuff. Um, so maybe I, they have tried I, to get out or one of them has tried. But uh, Yeah, maybe. Okay. I don't know. That's, I, just, like, I'm just thinking that. I think we're hanging on by a tiny thread. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, bud? Yeah. Yeah. You. Anyway, so anyway, so, yeah, dad's, like, a cannibal, too. And then upstairs, we see that, like, Poor Alice is like covered in blood and everything. And like mom like forces her into this like boiling hot tub of water. That is like those scenes, man. Oh, that that one scene in particular really, really bothered me. It was like, yeah, it's pretty horrible. Yeah, that child abuse thing. So and they also like. So, folks, this was a funeral home at some point in the family. It was a family funeral home. Well, there's this like door that opens in the floor that just drops down to like this weird like watery thing and that's where they dump like i guess the body or the remains of the bodies after they've been like fed to the boys under the stairs mm. and presumably the couple eat them too i guess yeah you think 
but wouldn't that smell? Like- you would think. I you would think. Um, and so now also they forced Fool back in there with the other boys and everything. Um, and now we're back in Alice's bedroom and like Alice is totally traumatized and everything. Um, and they are trying to get answers out of Alice about where fool, like where, where he came from and everything, where he's at and they're hiding everything. Show me on the doll where he touched you. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. I like how they automatically see, how do I say this? I like how people automatically accuse others of what they're like guilty of. Oh yeah. You see like, it happen yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's nothing that this little boy has done to even make you think that he's going to do that. But the dad who's an ultra creep automatically assumes that that's right. What this person wants to do. <laughs> right. Yeah, because I love he's, that. He's I love thinking that. that. Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. Projection one Oh one right there. Yeah. Um, and then there's that weird scene in the basement where it looks like Leroy's like reanimated corpse is coming up, rising up out of the ground. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually Roach. <laughs> Roach is one twisted dude, man. <laughs> Bizarre. Um, but it's actually, you know, Roach coming to the rescue and then they send Prince down, um, down to the basement. Um, <clears throat> but Re- uh, Roach is able to reach Fool and they escape it to the crematorium. Yeah. Inside there, Roach shows uh, Fool the coin collection, but he can't really, you know, vocalize anything, but he shows him that and everything. And he writes in dust, like from the ashes of the dead, you know, because of the crematorium, he writes Alice and then points that she's above uh, above him. And then he dies in front of Fool from his gunshot wound. Yeah. Okay. So um, we're, we're, since we're here. Now, I was thinking, wouldn't it, instead of dumping the bodies of the people or even the remains, why not just put them in the cremation oven and turn everything to dust instead of having like sopping uh, rotted bodies underneath the basement smelling up the house? Like, don't you think if you were like a, a weird killer cannibal, you would do that shit? I, okay, I think the answer to that is later in the film. When he does light it on fire, it fills the house with smoke. So I think it's not been kept up. So it's no longer a viable option. Oh, okay. Maybe. I think. I think. Interesting. I think. Okay. So, um, so he's died in front of fool and everything. So fool starts climbing upwards into the duct work and then. uh, Prince, the Rottweiler is actually kind of keeping pace with, with the boy on the other side of the wall. So like, you know, fools inside the wall and the dog is keeping up with him as he moves throughout the house on the other side of the wall. Yeah. But the father doesn't, or what I, not the father, but the daddy guy, (laughs) he doesn't realize that because he's uh, too busy, like questioning Alice, I think, or. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like telling her that he's like killed the skinny friend. And he's saying he also killed fool and everything because he's believed that they're both dead. Yeah. All of a sudden fool pops up. (laughs) Pops out and nut punches the dad <laughs> and then beams him with a lamp. Oh, man. This, this has some, like, uh, Three Stooges kind of comedy, you know? It's very goofy. Yeah. It's very goofy. Um, so this allows uh, both the children to escape into the wall, Alice and Fool. Um, but unfortunately, her dress gets stuck inside the ductwork. 
So this is where I was saying like uh, earlier, it, back downstairs in the basement, the dad's got the bright idea to, you know, ignite the crematorium mm-hmm. um, by dousing Roach's body with some sort of like <laughs> fluid that will like light easily. Yeah. And so apparently oh, go ahead, he's sorry. done this before because she says he turned the heat on. Yeah. Right. right so it's right. like, I, I guess that's what they use to heat the house. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, or did she mean like he's turned the heat on, like uh, figuratively, not so much like he's, she's saying it like he's like, I'm turning the heat on you. Like I'm. Oh, I don't know. I thought it coming was coming after you. I thought it was um, like quite literal. <laughs> Maybe. I don't um, know. But anyway, so um, dad's getting closer and everything. And so Alice and Fool are making their way uh, up into the wall. Unfortunately, Fool sneezes and then dad just starts open firing because he can kind of tell where they are based on the noise. Yeah. So Alice says, you know, we got to be quiet for this to to work to our advantage. Um, Then they realize inadvertently because it's triggered that Fool hit. No, I'm sorry, that Roach has booby trapped the inside of the wall because this like really sharp, like implementation thing swings out and almost kills them. Yeah. Why would he has the father ever chased him into the wall and it? So that Roach would make all these booby traps or was he just crazy? No, I'm thinking he's just covering his butt. Like, you know, because it worked with, it got Prince out of there. So like, maybe he's like, you know, if the dad or Prince or mom or, you know. Okay. Yeah. So if the dog was chasing him, he could trigger that trap and. Exactly. Yeah. Or whoever, you know. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, So the dad decides to release Prince back inside the walls. So fools had enough of running he's going to confront this so he turns he's struggling with the dog um alice is trying to pull prince off dad hears the commotion and starts stabbing the bayonet of the gun he's using into the wall well fool in all his wiseness holds the dog up for the dad to stab so the dad the the dad air quotes (laughs) stabs the dog repeatedly but then fool makes noises to lead the dad to believe that the bloody bayonet he's pulling out has actually killed him. Yeah. It's like, Oh, you got me. Cause the dad's not the brightest thing in the world. No, no, he's not. Not at all. Not at all. He, Um, and he does come off as like a a dumb kind of hick, you know? Oh, very much so. Very much so. And then, so the mom air quotes wants proof that he's actually killed the boy. Oh, so that's in, when he does his little victory dance. He's like, oh, oh yeah, oh my God, oh my God, oh yeah, yeah, that was yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. So inside the walls, um, fool spies that there's a light coming from up above, <clears throat> and then um, this is where Dad gets that bad jump scene scare when it's revealed that he's killed Prince instead because the dog yeah. kind of like his head like falls out of the wall. Wasn't the dog still like half alive and just. Yeah. He's like, he was leaving this mortal coil. That's, yeah. Yeah. It was like slipping away from. So in the attic, the two have made it. And then this is where fool realizes that earlier he had seen a pond in back and that that pond water is the only way to help them. Like kind of like, uh, br- uh, break their fall if they have to escape via the roof. Yeah. Get the hell out of there. Yeah. But Alice, much like Mark, would be terrified of just sliding <laughs> off that roof and falling you know, into that water. I'm afraid um, that I would land on a fence post or something. Or just, I mean, it was not a deep pool. It looked like you would just shatter your ankles and break your kneecaps. Well, I and mean, it's still be left at their advantage if you even got there. If you're a little kid, though, you might be able to bounce back from it. 
Because, you know, you're you're small. (laughs) Yeah. So dad's arrived on the scene with the gun and fool's on the roof. Uh, Dad shoots and misses um, because Alice is kind of like, you know, wrestling with him and everything. She intervenes. Um, So we got fool in the pool and he departs with a promise to return. Yeah. I'll be back. Yeah. So mom's chastising dad because he's outside firing that rifle like a moron that he is. Yeah. Like how? I wonder how she was able to keep him in line all these years because he's just like a, he's a madman. He's a loose cannon yeah. for sure. Yeah, for sure. So back at uh fool's house, his apartment, um, his grandpa Booker is, um, you know, going over what all they have and they realize that they could pay the rent all the way up to 2000 and also have enough money to cover mom's operation, everything. Um, but the dad, this is where it's revealed that the pair are actually, much to fool's shock and amazement, are actually brother and sister. Yeah. And um, I was in this too. Yeah, the first time around you would be. Because there, there is nothing by their behavior. Uh, there's no clues dropped to lead you to believe that these people are in any kind of relationship other than a... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, husband, wife, or at least a, uh, uh, an intimate couple. Yeah. Yeah. Non, non sibling based intimate couple. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, you know, they were saying that, you know, it's been like, uh, uh, back in the decades, it was a funeral, like a funeral home that was passed down to the ancestors and everything. And, you know, the more money they got, the more greedy they got, the more greedy they got, the more crazy the family became. Uh, that as a kid, he was terrified of the house and everyone just steered clear of the thing. So. Fool being the person of character that he is, he's like, you know, I've done wrong and I want to make uh, that wrong a right. Um and Ruby's like, your cards look really scary, uh, but he intends to keep that promise. So he's at a phone booth and he's smartly decided to call the fourth precinct and he reports a case of child abuse. So back at the house, um, we see the police have already become active on the uh, report and she's putting on this really good show. She's like a 50s uh, you know, homemaker. She's got coffee and uh, cookies for the police and everything. And she's thanking them for being so active on this report and everything. And you know, it, it's it's good that they follow through on false calls. Um, upstairs in the bedroom, we have the sergeant looking around and everything. And then dad is like hiding like his ammunition and his leather gear inside the wall. Yeah. And that paneling that he had, didn't that like um, in the mo- when we covered the movie House and he was hiding his gun in the paneling there? Yeah, it's very much like that. Yeah. Exactly. Very much. Yeah. It's like a Scooby-Doo house. Like, I'm surprised there weren't like <laughs> secret doorways and stuff, but that would have like ruined Roach's livelihood if there were. Right. <laughs> um, so an officer comes in to kind of stop the conversation between the dad character and the sergeant, and he calls him into Alice's bedroom, which, you know, for all intents and purposes, looks like a little girl's room. Well, this causes the mom to go into this like kind of spiel about, you know, how Alice has left them implying that they did have a daughter, but she's passed away. So automatically this shuts anything down further from the police pursuing any more questions. Cause they feel bad now about, you know, poking into this sore subject. Um, so the cops head out and inside the, the twosome are locking up everything. 
and they're discussing, you know, getting a new dog and everything and how the back door was left open for far too long and they hope no one has escaped the house. Mm-hmm. Well, no one's escaped, but someone has come back in. That's right. And that's when I wanted to, uh, for a second, I almost called him Roach, but uh, no, that's when Fool pops out of the yep. cupboard. Mm-hmm. And so he's creeping around and he heads uh, to the fireplace to grab a poker and he starts to ascend up the stairs. Um, and then this is where we hear the conversation of the couple and dad's plans on going to the ghetto and to find the bear trooper. Uh, we hear them saying their prayers. And then by this time, fool has made it to the bedroom door, which is open just a bit to reveal that there's a tape recorder playing on the bed that what we've been hearing all this time has been pre-recorded, which means that the couple are somewhere in the house, but not in that bedroom. It's a trap. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Admiral Akbar. <laughs> um, so all of a sudden, Gimp Dad grabs Fool from behind and Fool gouges his eyes out, like not out, but like, you know, pushes him in. Yeah. And then mom jumps out of nowhere and starts attacking him. Now, Fool hits the dad with an iron poker. But it breaks in three pieces, which it wasn't supposed to do. That was a, a flub. Oh, I, yeah, I was, I was like, is that made of wood? What, what's going on here? It, it, it was, but it's great because the reaction on Fool's face, you could tell he was like, what? That wasn't supposed to happen. It's great. Go back and watch it. It's really cute. <clears throat> so Fool finally opens a, a door that allows him, uh, Wait, what happens here? Wait, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> um, oh, so Fool uh, flees and they believe uh, that he's left. They, they scared him off and everything. And then it's revealed that Alice is actually hanging in the attic. Uh, not dead, but they've like tied her up. Oh, yeah. And this is where Fool was like making his way up the chimney. Exactly. So there in the attic, it's revealed that he's inside the chimney and there's this little brick that kind of falls out of place. And that's where fool starts conversing with Alice. Mm-hmm. I have to cough. I'm so sorry. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so she can't get loose because she's been shackled uh, to this like iron loop hanging from one of the bricks. So she's has no way of freeing herself. And so um, fool gets the idea that he can loosen the brick that's holding that uh, loop, allowing it to drop and she can undo her hands and everything. So he does this, but in the interim, the dad has made his way up there. So she puts herself back in place to fool the father and make him think that she's still tied up. Yeah. As he's walking there, he's adjusting his crotch. Yes. And that, okay. I wanted to talk to you about this. This is the part we're at that makes yeah. me think that he was interested in her. Um, yeah. Because yeah. he's kind of holding himself and he's wearing that leather daddy suit and everything. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like- but mom puts the halt on this and tells him to go back downstairs. Yeah. To like tuck her into bed or some weird stuff. Yes. Yeah. So that opens up a whole nother thing. It's like, you know, she's onto this too. And she's kind of trying to put a halt to this as well. Mm hmm. Mom. Yeah. Mom. <laughs> Quote. Mom. Okay. Mama bear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she makes mention that she would like to cut castrate basically fool. She wants to cut his testicles off. So <clears throat> uh back in the attic, um, we uh 
we find out that Fool is filling Allison on uh, the truth about her parents, that they're actually brother and sister and that they're baby stealers. Um, and that, uh, they've got to escape. Uh, and this is where she fills them in that they've drained the pool below and it's filled with broken glass. Um, and that, that, uh, the, any previous ways of escape have also been like caged up and dynamite lines. So there's pretty much no way out of the house. So the only way out is to climb up to the roof. So back in the bedroom, dad's now saying that he just wants to kill Alice because she's a whore and he just knows that she's uh, had sexual relationships with. (laughs) So this escalates into him choking the mom or his sister, however you want to say this. Uh, But it's interrupted by, by noises emanating from the roof. Well, this draws his suspicion, which brings him to the fireplace, which he looks up Mm -hmm. and then, um, and how does, Oh, how, go ahead. Oh, how did the mother or sorry, how did the, the redhead lady know? She was like, get out of there. Like right when the brick was about to hit him in the face. She probably figured out that they're going to do something to you, you idiot. Oh, OK. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so he starts to shoot up. Alice, again, because he's a moron, acts like she's been shot. There's that moaning noise and everything. But then he looks up to see what he's done and they like drop a brick on his head, which hits him and knocks him out. <laughs> you moron. So the kids are like in the chimney, you know, you know, shuffling up. Well, when she pokes her head through, they decide that we're just going to drop downward instead of going upward. Mm -hmm. So they drop downward, land, do that weird like nose gouge to mom on the way down, which is very Three Stooges to me. Yeah, yeah. That that was like Home Alone, Three Stooges. Like it was very goofy. Um, So they part way. They drop down. So they land on the main level. They part ways. Uh, he sends Alice off on that level. He's heading down to release the people in the basement uh, with his shotgun. So back in the cellar, we've got, you know, the flashlights and everything. And there's moaning and everything. Um, how many times can I say everything? Uh, sorry. Uh, and then on the main level, mom's confronting Alice. Uh, but this time Alice actually stands up to her um, and she fights back. And then she attempts to flee. This is where both. Both of the adults decide that both kids can burn in hell. Um, And uh, Alice is hiding in the exhaust vent. And there's a noise in the cellar, which draws dad down. He comes face to face with fool and fool's got a shotgun. Oh yeah. And I was like, if you just skip the monologue, you would have had him. Oh, right. Exactly. Yeah. But they got to do the monologue. Got to do the monologue. Yeah. So the trick stairs, you know, dad's trying to get back upstairs, but the trick stairs send um, the uh, send the boy falling back. And then dad's turn the tables on the boy again. So a knock at the front door disrupts all the proceedings. It's the boy's uh, sister, Ruby, and she's shown up to confront the mom, who's a landlord, about their unethical practices. <laughs> While this is transpiring back in the basement, <clears throat> Dad's very quickly been prevented from killing the boy by the flashlights. Uh, and this gives Fool a chance to flee. Yeah. And um, really quick. Yeah. Okay. So we're, we're led to believe at the beginning of the film that the people, the ones in the basement are basically just like cannibals, monsters who just don't give a shit. But they seem to know his name, the fool, Fool's name, because they say, Fool, Fool. 
and you know they seem very friendly with him and they're actually trying to uh help him because when the father gets the shotgun and is uh aiming it at fool they bring him over to the lock and just before you know they release fool and they uh the daddy shoots the lock right exactly releases yes. all those right 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 yeah which is a very odd scene um yeah um I want to talk about a couple of things and we'll get to that. Is that okay? Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Okay. Um, so Ma, uh, the, 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 the female uh, of the household slams the door in Ruby's face, basically. Well, there's a knock at the door claiming to be a police officer, but it's not, it's actually fool's grandfather. Uh, and he, uh, you know, his feigned being a police officer to get her open up. And then Ruby starts talking about community and everything. And all of a sudden more and more of these, uh, neighbors and uh prior renters of of these people show up on the lawn and everything and mom just pulls out this gun like she's just gonna open fire yeah on everyone on the lawn oh she does not care she does not no she's cray cray well all of a sudden this is stopped immediately by alice dropping from the ceiling onto the mom (laughs) yeah so it was absolutely hilarious yeah. So back in the basement, you know, the 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 male of the two two people is still in his gimp suit and everything. So this is the scene Rob was talking about. So Fool is kind of backed up against that wall that's not really a wall. It's just a bunch of like barely barely there wood slats with mm-hmm. big gaps between them. And the boys on the other side had like grabbed okay, so Fool's backed up against it. So they grabbed him by his shoulders, by like his shirts. Yeah. And they're and they're like passing him down. Almost. Yeah, leading him over to like the where the padlock is. Yeah, and I'm not sure if this was supposed to make the audience uneasy like they were attacking him, but it's a very weird looking thing cuz they're just passing him down really fast. It's a weird visually it's very weird. Yeah. But yeah, like Rob said what they're doing is they're trying to get him out of harm's way. Um and so the dad fires and misses him. So now he's on the other side of that, not really their wall with the other captives. <clears throat> yeah. So they, um, what the hell? Uh, one of the one of the uh, one of the I, I'm not going to call them creatures because they're not creatures. One no, they're the, just unfortunate boys who happen to stumble upon these two crazy people and have their tongues removed. Yeah. One of the maimed boys takes him or tells him something about like the coins or something like tells him to go into the embalming room or shows yes. him. He says he's got something to show him. And um, so fool goes inside of the embalming room and inside there is like Scrooge McDuck amounts of money. E- yes. You're, you're jumping quite a bit. Is that okay? You oh keep, shit. I'm sorry. Want to go to that? No, I'm I don't so, care. We can't. You're just, no, I just, I, I, oh damn. That was the sequence of events that I had. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine. No, no, I, I don't care. We could jump to that. That's totally fine. Uh, let me get to there. Um, no, I don't want uh, to. Like, I want. I want. Oh no, to... I don't care at all. Let me just get to where you are. <laughs> okay, um, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Uh, let's see. So basically, yeah. So basically, once fool is inside the vault, the dad figure gains access as well, and he hears coins clicking. And he, in his stupid mind, he believes the boy is just going to sit there and be counting coins while all this is transpiring. Yeah. Which no one would do that, sir. <laughs> so what fool has done in all his wisdom 
he's taken a candelabra that was left down there and he's lit it and shoved coins in the candles. So as the wax drips down, the coins are dropped, making it sound like someone's sitting there just tossing the coins because it's on the other side of this big, like, is it a, it's something that's solid you can't see over the side. I don't, I don't quite remember what it is. Yeah, I don't know what that was something. either. It, like it a was... slab of something. Yeah. Um. So, um. Um, so that's going on. Um, so, okay. I'm sorry. So by, we need to go back because when Alice dropped down on the mother, this is when the boys started breaking out of the walls and stuff to attack the mom. Oh, but wasn't that, okay. Yeah. See, I'm all out of order here. I'm out yeah. of order. You're out of order. The whole <laughs> court's out of order. Um, so, yeah. So basically, the Alice plunged a knife into the mother. The mother's pulled the knife out, and she's going after Alice, which is prevented by all these boys breaking out of like all the different spaces in the walls and everything. Yeah, and like one of them came out from under the stairs. <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, eventually, the mom's neck is slit and everything, and they all just like kind of like ascend on her dead body yeah like they're going to eat her right 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 okay so i need to talk about that otherwise we would never know how the mom died okay yeah i'm sorry i was so no don't be sorry no 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 don't be i do not be sorry okay so um now this is where fool pops up to confront the uh the living uh half of the duo the the male in his gimp suit and he's got these two wires that because the dad had wired everything up with dynamite and then fool found some dynamite down there. And he's like, if you do anything to hurt me, I'm just going to blow everything sky high. Well, being the loose cannon that the dad is, he does attempt to, to go after fool and fool just touches the two wires together and everything just explodes. Um, which sends the not quite dead yet man falling into that watery pit thing that we had seen earlier where he dumped the dead bodies of people he had killed. Oh, that's got to smell so bad. Yeah, so bad. Um, And then Leroy luckily is safe. And then outside we see money, cash money, just raining down on all the people (laughs) who desperately need funds to survive that was actually wrongfully taken from them by these jerks that didn't need it in the first place. Yeah. And, uh, I keep saying Roach, but no, it's not. It's Fool. He makes the comment. He says, so that's where all the money from the community went. Exactly. And then uh, Alice checks on Fool and uh, asks how he's doing. He says he feels like a million dollars, which I thought was kind of sweet. Um, (laughs) Now, the song that's playing was actually written for the film Do the Right Thing, the Spike Lee film, but they used it for this uh, movie instead. Yeah, I remember that song and that movie. Oh, yeah. 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 to me, I don't really forget the boy's name because he, by the end of this, like he progresses, he's no longer a fool at all. Like even in the beginning of this, he's like the voice of reason. And he just, it's his uh, common sense and his smarts that like get him the jump on everything that's going wrong with the situation he's found himself in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He becomes the antithesis of a fool. Um so, Rob, um, I, I think I forgot to even ask yeah, you. When we did didn't, you f- yeah, we didn't get into when we first saw these things. Yeah, when did you first see this? 
Probably 92. 92. So you saw it on like cable video? Yeah, I, I either saw it on cable or VHS. I can't remember which. Gotcha, gotcha. I saw this in the theater and I hated it. Because of course you saw it in the theater. <laughs> yeah, I saw it in the theater and I was just like, what is this crap? Um, it, it's, it's not really horror per se in, in what you're thinking of horror. Uh, it was just so weird. It was so odd. It was unlike anything that I had really expected from Wes Craven. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, I, I didn't even know what to do with it. I was just like, Oh God. Um, yeah, I just did not know what to do with it. I just thought it was atrocious. Um, now I didn't think it was atrocious, but I can definitely agree that I did not know how to feel about it at that time. Yeah. I just did not care for it then. Um, now Rob, um, did you enjoy the film? Yeah. It's, All right. it's it, not technically a creature feature per se. It's not even really a, it's kind of like a horror movie, uh, but it's still, it's very weird. It's a very, it's, it's a very uh, tonally uh, uh, schizophrenic film. I think yeah. it's kind of all over the place. Yeah. Um, I, I would say it's horror because if someone, <laughs> If someone kidnapped you and cut your tongue out and hid you in the basement, that's horrifying. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's definitely if you were twisted. In the situation, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. If you were in the situation that fool was in, that would be horrifying. <laughs> it does have its horrific elements. I would agree. Mm -hmm. um, now, would you recommend it for fans of the podcast? Ooh, that's a tough one um, because it, it's not really creatures. You know, you've got maimed humans who have been basically fed other humans but it's not you know it's not like a cobweb type situation where it's like the the um see i'm gonna spoil that i don't want to i was gonna say spoiler anyone. that's a new one folks <laughs> yeah but no it, it's not like that it's, oh man i don't know like i would recommend it but not as a not as a creature feature i would say mm -hmm. just like a weird kind of a weird uh thriller horror maybe that you should go check out mm -hmm. now um i've i've very much warmed up to it since i first saw it in the theater because like i said you know i'm coming off all these other Wes craven movies um because this was 91 so i would have been basically everything that i rattled off at the beginning up to scream i had seen before this and this was nothing like any of those other films. So what he was giving me, I was like, I no. Um, it's an hour and 42 minutes. I feel that it doesn't feel like that at all. It goes very quickly. Yeah, it's, it does. Yeah, it, it, it flies by. Um, I do see very much where he was, uh, what he wanted to do with the story. Um, I think it's very relevant like then now it probably unfortunately will always be relevant where, you know, you have a class of people uh, that another class is taking advantage of uh, mm -hmm. oppressing. Um, there's that you'll always oh, have uh, sick and, people. Yeah. And it actually brought to mind this. It just came to mind right now. Do you remember that tales from the dark side episode about that elderly couple who had a hot tub and they apparently were cooking people in the hot tub. No, I oh, love that though. <laughs> that, that was so messed up. Like as a kid, it made me afraid of elderly people. <laughs> oh, I could see that. Oh. But um, you'll probably always have like sick people 
who yeah. uh, have uh, uh, in in seats of power to some degree who are uh, pushing their agenda on other people, you know, that kind of thing. Um, there's very relevant things that he's doing in this film. Um, it's still very weird and quirky. I, I'm, I'm sure he wanted it to be weird and quirky, it, it, but it is very weird and quirky. Um, I almost think calling them monsters or creatures would be unkind. <laughs> yeah, because it, um, it's really just unfortunate uh, children that they stole. Yeah, who became cannibals. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and yeah, that eat, you know, um, not the living, they eat flesh from murder, murder victims. Um, so they're not really monsters. Um, it's a fun enough watch. If you are a Wes Craven fan, a completist, you definitely need to see this for mm -hmm. sure. Um, yeah, I think it's one of those films that I don't know that, uh, with what we tend to do, I don't know that I would have covered it as a creature feature or a monster movie per se. Right. Um, it did make for a very interesting conversation. I think it's a, it's a very interesting film to watch. Um, I would not say don't watch it. That's not all what I'm saying. It's, it's, a uh, Fun for what it is, most definitely. Um, you know, and kudos to like a director for taking a stance on something. He could just be, you know, doing fluff horror films again and again, but he actually had something he wanted to say. So kudos to that, very yeah. much so. And it, uh, it's great because apparently before his death, he was developing a television show version of this for the Sci Fi Channel. Weird. What would that be? I don't know, but. Uh... I guess it was going to be a series based on like, maybe Would it just be all the people that he made the people under the stairs, like each poor unfortunate boy, how they got in the house. <laughs> yeah. Good. Because I'm thinking like, since we've already got the movie, they can't go like a, a direct sequel TV show. So it might be like a prequel type thing where how they, how the family came up. And, um, and then all of a sudden how it kept getting crazier oh, and crazier, maybe, you know what you could do the family before these two even showed up. It yeah. Could be, yeah. That, that's what oh, I was thinking. Oh, interesting. Weird. Interesting. I'll, I'd be kind of curious to see where that went. Sadly, huh. we'll never get to see it. We'll never know. But so do you have anything else you want to say about the film? Oh, uh, yes. Um, I was just looking at the trivia page and Hillary Swank actually auditioned for the role of Roach. So it was either going to be a male or a female. It didn't matter. Weird. Okay. Isn't that cool? <laughs> huh. All uh, right. Okay. I'm trying to wrap my, um, I guess that would make sense that they tried, you know, more than one female and they, you know, so Alice wasn't the first one. Yeah. Um, huh. I did, did they, okay. I don't know. Okay. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> did they, they didn't really allude that. Well, anyway. Okay. never mind. I just got to let that go. Okay. No, I think they were just saying that the, the role of Roach, it was originally written to be either a male or a female. So it could have oh, been. Oh, no, like, I understand that. I understand oh, that. Okay, okay. I, I'm saying uh, in the film, did they actually show that any of them weren't females down there? Were they all males? Yeah, you know, I think it was all boys. But was it actually stated that? Oh, no, I don't know if it was stated that. So some of them could have been females. We, I'm just maybe assuming they were all males. So there still could have been females down there. Yeah. Oh, God, would they have been reproducing or did he cut that off? Too? Holy. Oh, yeah, that is. Uh, you would think because uh, the way that they were projecting onto everyone else, they would probably stop that in its tracks. Yeah. Or more he was doing. So I'm not going to go there. So we're just moving on. So the next time we meet, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the power of Christ has compelled us to cover the exorcist from 1973. 
Yes, and Mark will be Mark will be vomiting pea soup. I will, and I yeah, I will totally be vomiting pea soup. I'm so excited about The Exorcist. That is one of my all time favorite films, like all time favorite films. Hell yeah, yeah. I'll be that. That will not be my first time seeing it, but it will be my first time in a very long time seeing it. I could probably act The Exorcist out, and I've read the book. I love the book as well, so I'm a huge fan. (laughs) Um, so that's coming down the pipeline. And if you would like to get in touch with us, I am always on Instagram at Midnight Mass Creature Cast. Yeah. And you can also contact us through mmccpod at gmail.com. And I should make mention that we are part of the Suplex City Limits Network. You can find us and other fine shows on there. Uh, so you could check out Suplex City Limits if you're a wrestling fan uh, and you're in to also people who talk wrestling and just kind of give it a comedic edge. It's great. There's the old guy metal cast, which I am part of. Uh, There is another wrestling podcast, which is goes back in time a little bit. I think uh, they do nineties, nineties wrestling. So like the attitude era kind of stuff. Um, Hmm. So yeah, there am I missing anything? I don't think so. So yeah, there's four shows. I just wanted to put that in because I keep forgetting to do that each week. But, but yeah, I do. I do want to give props to the network that we're on and, um, you know, get those shows out there for all the people. Give them a listen, folks. Hell yeah. Check it out. Exactly. Exactly. Cause I, I, myself as a, as a gay youngster, wrestling was like the, the best thing in the world for me. Watching wrestling, not actually doing it. Watching it like I live for Sunday morning at the Chase Wrestling. I love that show. Yeah, it was heaven. Anyway, so um, I think that sums it up for us. Uh, so we appreciate you always sticking out with us and joining us for all these episodes because the more the scarier. Mm-hmm. And until next time, we hope that you stay spooky. Ooh.